Welcome to Messages and More, a podcast channel of Watertown Evangelical Free Church. This channel plays our weekly sermons and other content relevant to our church community. All right, well, good morning again. Uh, my name is Bruce Drugsma. I am the senior pastor here at Watertown Evangelical Free Church. And yes, seniors, congratulations. And thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, I would encourage you all to stick around after the service for the uh, time to get to know them and uh, to talk to them about their plans. Um, I also uh, want to take this moment to, uh, this morning, to recognize our choir. Uh, thank you, choir, for leading us in worship through the school year. Uh, they've done a lot of singing. Yeah, we can clap for them, too. Thank you, uh, Mary Jo, for leading that, for Susan, for accompanying it, the entire choir. Uh, if you are new like me, uh, you might not be aware that they take the summer off. We gladly uh, let them take the summer off, though we appreciate them leading us in worship and look forward to them uh, returning in the fall. So thank you, choir, for your ministry of leading us in worship. And uh, this morning, we are going to do something optional, an optional audience participation uh, event. And so on the screen, in just a second, you're going to see a QR code. You're also going to see a web address and a number code. If you have a smartphone and would be willing to participate in my audience participation survey, just hold the camera up to the screen. You should see... Uh, turn, open your camera, hold it up to the screen. You should see a link pop up around. And then you're going to be taken to four questions, and they're just agree, disagree. If you'd like some help with this, uh, we do have some students who would love to help you. They're standing in the back. Go ahead and raise your hand if you need some assistance. They will gladly help you. They won't do it for you, but they will gladly help you if anybody needs that assistance. Anybody? Oh, nice job. All right. All right, well, thank you, students, for being available. We appreciate that. We appreciate you being available. If you still need help, go ahead, throw your hand up. But you're just going to fill out the four questions, agree or disagree, because I want to get a feel for, for the personalities we have. I'm a fan of personality assessments, you know, Enneagram, StrengthsFinder, uh, Myers-Briggs, all of those, because they give us an insight into who we are, uh, and they give us an insight into other people and how how we can relate better to them. For example, I took StrengthsFinders a long time ago. It was an eye-opening experience for me personally. I, find out, I found out through that that I have high belief. And what that means is it's a positive thing most of the time. It means that I'm really good at seeing right and wrong and, and, and acting on that and holding to that. And that's really good some, sometimes. There are other times where I double down and lock down on things that are not as important to double down and lock down on. For example, coffee. All right, there's a right way and a wrong way. And there was a point in time in my life where I would not drink anybody else's coffee because they did it the wrong way. Um, and that's a, that's a negative example of belief. But we also, along with these personalities we have, which we're going to get a, a glimpse into our personalities here, uh, we also have uh, systems. I'm a big fan of systems. I'm a big fan of, of the process, of the system, I like taking things and making them better. I'm not, a, I'm not an entrepreneur type. If you have some, if I have a new idea, I'm not going to be great at bringing a new idea to market. I, I get bogged down in the, well, maybe I could make it better. Because that's what I like to do. I like to refine things. I like to make things better. I like to take something that exists and, and march it forward. I like knowing the next step, the clear pathway. And I share that because as we look at Malachi this morning, there are going to be some things that God challenges us on. And some of those things are going to resonate really well with you. 
If you're a personality like me and we start talking about refinement, oh, we're starting to get the results, this is great. And we start talking about refinement and process, some of you go, yeah, I love process. And others of us are gonna struggle with that and go, oh, I don't like the idea of process. I like the idea of God moving and his, and his spirit being at work and, and ongoing. And, and we're gonna see other things in, in the passage that address that, his generosity, his justice, his goodness. And isn't it great that our God is so big that in our diversity, we can see God, all of us, and we find a way to connect with God, all of us. And so as we see our diversity here, we tend to be a little bit more of morning people, apparently, uh, just barely. So we have an equal number of people, pretty close, that are uh, wake up early in the morning with no problem, and others of you are the hit the snooze multiple times. We have that in our house as well. We have some people that pop out of bed. We have some people that the snooze button is a repetitive uh, reminder, okay? Uh, Cannot resist chocolate. Okay, a few people can't resist it. A few people don't struggle with it. For me, chocolate, less of a struggle than nachos. I would much more struggle with eating nachos than I do eating chocolate. I'll give you an example. I made nachos last night, but I left the chocolate chip cookies on the counter. They are still there. Some people would struggle with that, I don't. Being around new people brings me energy. Okay, we're a little bit more introverted, interesting. A little more introverted in this group. Okay, all right. Uh, and, uh, and we prefer t- uh, coffee over tea. Not, not a real surprising given our country's history. Um, we kind of separated from tea early on and a few people have insisted on bringing it back, but there you go. We have different people all through this congregation. We have people who are one way and people who are the other. And as we look at our passage this morning, we're going to see that God speaks to all of us where we are and that we need to push into trusting God. And one person's version of trusting is going to look different than somebody else's. Somebody else is going to see a God who's a God of systems and they're going to go, that's great. That makes it easy for me to trust God. But for the next person, they go, I, that, I don't like that. That's harder for me. And God is still working. And so wherever you are in that walk, as we engage our passage this morning, um, we need to trust that God is at work. God is bigger than us. And when it doesn't make sense to our brains to know that he is bigger. And when it's something that doesn't resonate with us to know that he is bigger. So we're going to talk about trust this morning. And one last thing before we dive in to our seniors who are graduating I wanna challenge you this morning to hear especially what God might be saying. I, I, I have directed at the end of each point a special challenge to you. As you leave here, trusting God is a big part of your graduation because you're moving out of mom and dad's house, hopefully eventually, and you're moving out on your own, but at the very least, your faith needs to become your own. Whether you're staying at home, whether you're going to college, whether you're going into the workforce, whether maybe you're going into the military, wherever you're going, that, that needs to stay with you. And so there's a special challenge to you, and if you want them uh, or to follow along, they are on the back of the study guide, uh, so you can get those, those back there. So we're going to start this morning talking about, do you trust God? When life falls apart, when it makes no sense, when you don't understand how God is moving, when God is doing things that you don't get, that don't resonate with you, when you're a morning person and God seems to keep making you stay up late, when you're a a person who loves being around people and yet you keep on finding yourself by yourself. 
Do you trust God in that difference, in that diversity? And our first reminder of how we can grow in our trust from Malachi this morning is to trust his process. Like I said, God is a God of order. God is a God, he has a process. Unfortunately, that process for us sometimes is not something we enjoy because the process of refinement is not fun. The process of being refined. And we all have things in our life, all of us have systems and processes we go through that we don't enjoy. I have not met a single person who enjoys the process of being audited. We just don't like it. I, I, I don't find very many high schoolers who like the process of cleaning their room, right? We don't enjoy some of the processes we go through. I don't know very many people that relish the thought of waking up early to go exercise, especially after weeks and weeks and weeks of not doing it but we like the end result, right? We like, we like when we go through the process, finding out at the end that, boy, that exercise was worth it, or the clean room is nice, and I'm trying to think of a positive for the audit, but I'm sure it's out there. We like the end result of the process, but we don't often enjoy the refinement, and we don't like walking the journey. And Malachi shares with us what, the, what God's process of refinement can look like. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord as in the days gone by, as in former years. And we know from our reading of the New Testament that this one who will come before is John the Baptist and that they're talking about, the, about Jesus here. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me and then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come. And really what, he's, what Malachi is saying is that this day is coming and there'll be a messenger to warn you. And we'll talk a little bit more about that next week as well. This messenger is coming before and then the Lord will appear. And when he says, the Lord you are seeking, really what he's pointing out is they aren't seeking. They're pretending to seek. They're wanting to desire the Lord to come. But really it, it, a better reading might be the Lord you claim to be seeking will show up. And that's not going to be a pleasant experience. If you're somebody who's pretending along the way that, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, and then all of a sudden that thing shows up and you're not ready, you really weren't. And that's not a pleasant experience. You know, all the way through, you've been pretending, you've been claiming. And what's ironic about this part especially is when Jesus does show up, Later on, when that day does arrive and he does come to the temple, he doesn't find the people waiting. They didn't heed Malachi's warning. And in fact, they're going to see him and they're going to reject him for the very same reason they're now rejecting God. He's going to show up, but it's not going to be how they thought it would be. And again, they're going to say, no, no, we're waiting. We're ready for the refinement process. We're ready for him to show up and condemn them because we have it all figured out. 
We're ready for him to show up and condemn the Romans. We're ready for him to show up and condemn uh, the Sadducees if you're a Pharisee or Pharisees if you're a Sadducee. We're ready for him to show up and condemn the Zealots. We're ready for him to show up and condemn the tax collectors. Not me. And they're going to miss it. Because when Jesus does show up in our lives, as he showed up in the New Testament, that refining process begins internally with ourselves. And he talks about being a refining fire. And so the challenge for us is to be careful what we reject as being not from God because it doesn't look like what we think spirituality should look like. When somebody is stepping out in a new way, be careful what you reject as being not from God. And the passage continues to give us the method for being able to see God at work, a refiner's fire, which is not a pleasant experience. A refiner's fire. And it's used really in two ways. One is when you take the raw metal and you put it in and you heat up the fire, uh, all the impurities rise to the surface, the dross, and it's skimmed away. But being melted, if, the me if metal could have a feeling, which it doesn't, but that process for us hurts. Those impurities, that anger when it comes to the surface, when we find ourselves in a fire of life, that, that betrayal, that jealousy, that pride, those sins that rise to the surface, God is using the fires of life to bring those, to give us the opportunity to skim them away, to take them away, to make us more unified, to make us more pure like him. That's the refiner's fire. The second way is it does shine. A, a, a silversmith or a goldsmith back in the day, they don't do this anymore, but back in the day, one of the ways they would test uh, an object brought to them, is this real gold, is this real silver, how quality is it, is they would stick it in the fire to see how much it reflects the light. So let me ask you, when you are stuck in the fire, what are you reflecting? Have you taken the opportunity to remove the impurities of life? Have you confessed the sins you have internally and thus can reflect through the trial and tribulation the, the light of Christ outward so that those on the outside see what you're made of? But not to see you, but to see Christ. We need to reflect the glory of God as we go through that trial. That's his process. And it's really hard in that moment to trust it's really hard when life falls apart to trust that God is at work, to trust the pain of the moment when it rises those things to the surface, to go, God, this is an opportunity for me to give this to you and trust you. It's also hard to trust sometimes to go, God, I don't understand why this is happening, but I have an opportunity to reflect your glory. But do we trust? These are the offerings we bring to God. The testing of life allows us to challenge our own sinful motivations and remove them and allow us to reflect Christ to those around us. And so for our graduating seniors, wherever you go after graduation, stay open to God's refining process. As you go through, whether it's the workforce, whether you go into college, whether you go into the military, where, wherever you go, trust that refining process. Continue to let God mold you and shape you into who he wants you to be. And when you, it seems that you are in the fire, when your friends at school that you thought were, were true friends turn their back on you, when you find yourself at that low moment where you find yourself questioning whether or not you made the right decision, trust that God is in the fire with you. Trust that he is walking that process 
with you. Our second opportunity to trust God is in his judgment, to trust his system. To trust the system God has set up. God, as a good God, set up a good system. And I'm lucky enough to be able to state that I have not had a whole lot of negative um, run-ins with the law. I, I have not, uh, I've not had numerous opportunities to be in the court system, but I did have one. When I was a senior in high school, this could be a warning to some of you seniors in high school, uh, I got in a car accident that was bad enough that I had to go appear in court. Um, inattentive driving is what they technically charged me with. But I had to show up in court. And unfortunately for me, I grew up in Brainerd, which is Crow Wing County. This incident happened in just across the county line in Cass County, which means not only did I have to go to court, I had to drive all the way to Walker to show up in court. And so I walked into the courtroom, Cass County Courthouse in Walker, Minnesota, and um, what they do is they bring all the people who are seeing the judge that day into the courtroom and you sit there. And here I am charged with inattentive driving because I was in a car accident that was my fault. My friend in the front seat was not wearing her seatbelt and uh, face planted the windshield. She was fine. But because of that injury, I had to go to court. And so I'm sitting there and the first person they bring up uh, was immediately arrested because they had broken parole. And the next person they brought up was immediately arrested because they were charged with um, drug possession and they couldn't make bail. I started getting a little nervous because I thought my issue was not that big of a deal, but everybody else in the room was getting arrested. I wasn't planning on being arrested. And I get before the judge, and the judge goes, in the, in the case of uh, Cass County versus Bruce Struxma, the charge is inattentive driving, how do you plead? Guilty. He goes, all right, the fine is $200, pay the court. Pff, done. That's how long it was. But I was in the courtroom with all these other people who had much more serious crimes, and the temptation for me would have been like, I'm not as bad as them, what am I doing here? I, I didn't do, I didn't have drug possession, I didn't break parole, I made a mistake. I was, this is gonna date me a little bit, I was changing the CD player instead of watching the road. Come on, it's not that big of a deal. And we get the same image from Malachi, the same scene. Malachi 3, verses five through seven. So I will come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers and perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages and who oppress the widows and the fatherless and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from the decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? And this isn't a pleasant list. Sorcerers, adulterers, perjurers, those who defraud laborers of, wage, of their wages and oppress the widows and the fatherless. But it'd be tempting for us to say, I haven't done those things. I'm not as bad as them. What am I doing in this courtroom? I don't belong here. But look at this, look at this list. I think, I think most of us have probably done some of these, if not all. Sorcerers. Sorcery is the attempt to control the spiritual world through physical means. It's, it's tempting to think of that as, as 
just witchcraft or just those people. But what about, what about those other things where we think that, God, if I pray enough, you have to do what I say. If I give enough, you have to do, you have to do the thing. How many of us, in, in, in pretending we're putting out what the Bible would call a sheepskin to, to go, okay, God, do you want me to move this way? Really see it more as a manipulation thing. Or we hang things on our wall thinking that that is in place of us having a relationship with God. How many of us have tried to manipulate the spiritual world instead of having a relationship with God? Adultery. And remember that adultery is both literal um, as well as lust. Lust of the eyes. When we have looked at somebody else and had that impure thought, we're we're in the same room. Perjury. Anytime we break our word or support a known lie, we just go along with it to not rock the boat. We don't want to be the one who speaks up. Defraud and oppression, and these two are tied together, defrauding of their wages and oppressing the foreigner. And it's tied to power. The challenge for us is whenever and wherever we sit in power and use it inappropriately, we are guilty of oppression. When we sit in the position, even as a parent, and use our power and authority in ways that God did not intend, we commit oppression. And we do not fear God by definition because we don't acknowledge his power, position, and authority over us. But where this section ends, it it ends with the idea that we need to trust God. We need to trust God in his process, in his system. That he is in control, he is in authority, we are not, and we need to submit to his authority. And it says, return to me, and I will return to you. We have the opportunity for forgiveness. We have the ability to return to trust God's system of judgment. We have the opportunity to stand before the judge like I did and say, how do you plead? And instead of going, well, I'm not as bad as them, or yeah, but I had mitigating circumstances, God. I was just changing the CD player. It's not my fault the guy stopped in front of me. How often do we, do we try and justify it when really what we should do is stand there and say, how do you plead? God, I plead guilty. I have not respected your laws any more than anybody else in this room. And while I might look at their sins and think they are worse, God, I need to acknowledge my sin. And I need to trust your system of judgment. As Jesus says in Matthew 7, verse 5, you hypocrites, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. We need to trust God's system of judgment, which first requires us to submit to his judgment on ourselves. And so for our graduating seniors, I want to challenge you with this. Wherever you go, go in humility. Go in humility acknowledging that you come not as somebody who has figured life out, but as somebody who is just as prone to mistakes. And your mistakes are, might be different, but you are prone to them. So go in that humility and get plugged in. Get plugged into a community of believers. And if that means you stay here, we would love to have you here. But if you leave, if you go to, I saw North Central, I saw Bethel, I saw Massachusetts Amherst, I saw uh, Athelbus, although it's not called that anymore. What's it called now? It's called something else. Anyway, uh, if you go to that one, 
Find that community. And just because you might be going to a Christian college doesn't mean that you're automatically plugged in. Get plugged into relationship. Find that community around you that will support you so that you can go to them in humility and say, I need some help. Keep God at your center. And when you make a mistake, return to him. Thirdly, we need to trust his generosity. And, and here Malachi turns to a, a practical outwork of, of, of trusting God. The practical outwork. All throughout the Bible, we see this focus on Sabbath and giving because they are practical outworks. As much as we talk about trust the process, trust the system, uh, have no other gods before me, honor your father and mother, those are all mostly internal. These are very external. They're very practical. If you don't believe it in your heart, you're not gonna have the outflow that you need. And, and I used to work uh, at Rock Ridge up in, which is Shamanah's camp up in the Boundary Waters. And one of the jobs I had at Rock Ridge was the high ropes course, which if you've done the high ropes course at Shamanah or other places, you kind of know what that is. Well, I was in charge of that for a couple of years. And, and what it is is I would if you came out to the ropes course when I was in charge, I would put a harness on you and tie you up with a bunch of ropes and then send you up into the trees, 20 to 40 feet up, depending. And you would go around through this, this course and then I'd lower you back down. Well, there's a lot of trust involved. First of all, you have to trust that I know how to tie some knots. Um, second of all, you need to trust that the system works, that when you get up there, the cables and the, the harness and all this kind of stuff. I never had anybody question that on the ground. We would go through, we had a fake cable that was at like four feet off the ground. We had a fake one tied between two trees and we'd have them go through the, the whole thing. You, know, you take this and you clip it in and then you take this one and you clip it in and then you go down and then you unclip this one and clip it to the next one. And we'd go, and people like, yeah, totally. I had a lot of opportunities to talk about trust when people were up in the trees. Because it's one thing to think and know intellectually that the ropes are strong enough to hold you. And after you saw somebody my size bouncing around up there, to be like, of course it holds me. It's another thing when you actually get up there. And it's the same here. That's the image we get. Do you actually trust? It's one thing to say, God, I trust that you own the cattle on a thousand hills. God, I trust that you are generous. God, I trust that you will take care of my needs. It's another thing to actually do it. To, to give up that extra day of work to honor the Sabbath, to give up that tithe to God, to trust that he will take care of your needs. Malachi 3, verses 8 through 15, will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said it is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord, before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper. And even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. 
And again, oftentimes, Scripture brings up giving and honoring the Sabbath because these are a practical outflow of our trust. Do we actually trust? And and I'm not going to get wrapped up into the debate about a tithe. Historically, in the Old Testament, a tithe was 10%. And I've heard sermons that talk about, you know, that 10% means you should give 10% to the church and anything outside the church is above and beyond. I've heard sermons that talk about 10% being the number we have and it's it's on your uh, net worth, not your take-home pay. And, and I think we're missing the point if we get wrapped up too much into the semantics. It's about the heart. In Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your answers, ancestors as it is today. Everything we have came from God. The days of our lives, the money we make, the ability to earn it all comes from God. And God looks at us and said, I give you all of this. It's really mine, but I give it to you. But I ask that you, in a sign of trust, that you actually trust me to give 10% of it back, to give that tithe back. And again, That's up to you and God to determine what that 10% looks like in your life. Is that a literal 10%? How does that work? I'm not going to speak for God on that. But I am going to say that if you are not in some way giving back to the Lord what he has given to you, you need to be asking yourself, do I trust God to care? I heard one person talking about uh, taking a Sabbath day's rest. And taking that Sabbath day's rest, they said, is trusting that God can do through you more in six days than you can do in seven days on your own. That's really what it's all about. God, I trust that you can do more through me in obedience than I can do in disobedience on my own. Are we trusting our generous God to care for us? Everything we have. So you can see where this is a trust issue for us. This is where we decide, do we actually trust God? This is where we strap into the harness and climb up into the trees and start hanging from the cables. When we start giving back to God, saying, Lord, you tell me to do this. And look at the blessing it talks about. And and look at his promise. He says, test me in this. And for the record, that's the same word he said about the refining process earlier that I will test you. He says, test me in this. It will glorify me when you do this. It will shine out when you do this. Trust me, test me in this. It reflects God. And do not miss the ending of the section because the blessing is there. We need to trust that even when we see those who do not give back, in their time and in their money. And, and we see them on, on the surface level succeeding. We need to trust that the blessing is still there for us because we all know people who have way more financial resources than us, but our relationship are relationally dying, that are missing out. And we need to trust that the blessing is there even if that blessing that comes back from our faithfulness is not always exactly what we think it would be. If the financial wealth doesn't follow the financial giving, we trust that the blessing is still there. That God is teaching us to trust. 
And so let me challenge you, where are you leaving some of your tithe outside of God's storehouse? Where are you building bigger barns for yourself? In your own power, but ignoring God's command to give back to him. And for our graduating seniors, I wanna challenge you with this, be generous. You're entering into a time of life where you might not have a lot of financial resources, but you still have other things to give. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your love. Be generous with your relationships. Be generous with your energy. And yes, begin the practice now of being generous with your finances. One of the things I appreciate about the younger generations is it seems like generation after generation, when we are in that stage of life, we have less and we tend to be more generous with it. I never had a problem in college finding somebody to lend me their car. I have struggled more as an adult finding somebody to lend me their car. I was a bad driver back then. I'm a better driver now. Just saying, be generous. <laughs> be generous. And I think that comes more naturally to you as graduating seniors than it does to us as we get older. So what you do have, give to God generously and begin the habit now of trusting him. And finally, we trust his timely action. We trust God to act in his time. And this is similar to where we ended a couple of weeks ago when we talked about justice. Justice is trusting that God moves in his time. Malachi 3, 16 through 18. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. And so we share with each other. And I love uh, that in our prayer times up here, when Ed leads us in prayer, we pray for those who are hurting, but we also celebrate those who have been healed spiritually, emotionally, physically. We share both with each other so that we can walk together. It reminds us that God is still moving. Because in that moment when we're in pain, when we're in hurting, when we are beginning to question whether or not God moves, when we hear that God moved somewhere else, it reminds us that he is still at work, that there is a day coming. And we continue to trust and we continue to wait because God is patient with us. And God is patient with those who are not walking with him as well. And so we remember the words of 2 Peter chapter 3, 9 and 10. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. We desire God's justice to come quickly when it benefits us, but we want God's justice to be slow when we are at fault. And God does not change, Malachi says. He is the same. And so we trust that God will move, that eventually God will make right as we, as we feel oppression, as we feel hurt, as we feel these earthly pains. We trust that in his time, God will make it right it just sometimes doesn't happen as fast as we want for ourselves. But we trust that God will move in his time for us, for our family, for our friends, and for the entire world. And so we wait expectantly for God to move. 
trusting that someday it will be made right. And on that day, we will stand before the Lord and the positions we held, the net worth we gained, the jobs we did, our accomplishments and our possessions will be nothing. So my challenge to all of us is what are we investing in now? The things that will go through the fire and stand true on the other side of eternity. So trust God to act in his time. And in the meantime, we wait with eager expectation. And finally, for our graduating seniors, I challenge you with this. Wherever you go and whatever you do, work for the Lord. Whatever field you go into, if it's nursing, if it's Bible and theology, if it's diesel mechanics, if it's uh, engineering, whatever, you can bring glory to God through that and you can work for eternity in those careers. You can also invest entirely in your own self and find yourself standing before the Lord someday holding nothing. So work as for the Lord and invest in his kingdom, not your own. Would you pray with me? Father God, we come to you knowing that we need to trust. God, when we are in that moment of refinement, God, we need to trust that you are at work. God, when we are going through the process of, of being judged, God, when we see our wants and needs standing empty before you, God, we need to trust that you are good. Lord, we need to trust in your generosity that you have given us all that we need. And God, so we can cheerfully give back to you. And Lord, we trust that someday, and that day is coming, God, we trust that someday you will return. God, and you will make right your broken world. Lord, I pray a blessing again over our seniors who are graduating. God, go with them in whatever steps they take after graduation. I pray this in your name. Amen. Couple of real quick announcements before we go. Uh, next weekend is Memorial Day. Um, so we will take some time in our service to remember uh, Memorial Day. I would also encourage you, um, Watertown does Memorial Day service on Monday. Uh, I will be a part of that this year. Uh, if you're looking for a place to go, that would be a spot you can go on that day. Um, also, again, uh, as we talk about tithe and trusting God. Um, one of the places we would ask you to give if this is your regular church home is here to our church. And so you can see on the screen multiple ways to give online. If you haven't reset up, if you had a recurring and haven't reset it up with push pay, please do so. You can text, uh, you can also do the collection box in the back. One of the things that goes to to further our ministry, uh, we are excited that Luke, who came up here earlier and honored our seniors through the summer and into next fall, is stepping into an internship for Crown. The benefit to us is we get him on an almost full-time basis for that, for that time. So we are really excited about that. Um, really excited that we are gaining those hours and that focus, and uh, we, want, we want to be able to set that up well. Um, and then lastly, I do believe we, Rails to Trails is coming, and that's uh, a community event. We do have a sign-up sheet. We are looking for some people to help do a bounce house uh, for our church. So Bethany has a sign-up genius that might be in the back. Otherwise, it will be, e it has been emailed out um, and will be emailed out again. We're looking for some people to help with that so that we as a church can be an influence in our community. If we don't get enough people to sign up by June, we'll have to pull out of that because we, we need more people uh, to pull that off. Okay, 
As we talk about because he lives, as we talk about trusting him for the future, I thought it would be appropriate if we end this morning with our benediction from Revelation, from, uh, as John ends Revelation. Revelation 22, verses 20 and 21. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Messages and More, a ministry of Watertown Evangelical Free Church. To find out more, visit us online at wevfree.org.